The Buckeye Raw Extra Podcast is proudly presented by CF Bank, the boutique bank. Trusted for over 125 years with commercial financing, residential lending, personal banking, and more. Visit us online at www.cf.bank. NMLS 409132, all loan subjects credit approval. Terms, fees, and conditions may apply. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Second row middle. So many young guys playing, playing well. Is this kind of what you expect? And I know you guys knew you had a special freshman class. But this many guys playing, playing big roles. Um, no, probably not this much, like, like you said. But um, you know, I just think back on the conversations we had in the spring, the preseason, going into this year, feeling like um, you know there was a little bit of a gap of playing time coming off of last year, and trying to figure out what that was going to be like this year because we had so many unknowns of guys who um, either are in the program two and three years who didn't have experience or the young guys coming in. And so uh, there's a lot of competition going on across the board, and, and that's the good thing. Um, and I think you're starting to see guys settle into roles. How is CJ feeling, and are you confident he'll be able to play this week? Um, you know, we'll see how, how uh, today goes. I thought um, the week helped him, and, and, and it sounds like it's going in, in the right direction. So we're hoping for a great day of practice today. Third row left, Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, just to follow up on that, if, if CJ is fully healthy, in your mind, is he your starter on Saturday? Yes, and, you know, you, you were asked about, you know, a lot of the young guys playing. Like, when you, you know, look at that, do you feel like you need those young guys to keep coming and coming and play bigger and bigger roles as the season progresses if this team is going to achieve its goals this year? Yeah, and I think that uh, in four games you've seen a lot of progress uh, across the board, but there's still a lot to be done. And, um, you know, if we're going to get to where we want to be this season, then we're, these guys are going to have to continue to build. And, and it's everybody. It's not just the young guys. It's the older guys who maybe haven't played as much either. And it's just continuing to get back to work. And, you know, I think sometimes you go into a season with certain expectations of what's going to come. And whether it happens or not, you know, that's, you know, unique to each individual. But working and and putting in days of work every day is what's critical. And just grinding through all that. And so here we are back in conference play. And and I think we're better than where we were four weeks ago. Second row left, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. Just one more thing about the quarterbacks, assuming he is feeling a little sore. Are you giving Kyle any first-team reps at all this week, just as a security blanket, just in case CJ's not ready to go outside there? I mean, we spread the, the reps around, and we'll just see how, how everybody's feeling this week, and then we'll kind of go from there. But typically, the way that we do it is, you know, um, whoever's starting in that game will typically get the majority of the first-team reps. Second, second row right, Joey Crawford, Columbus Dispatch. Brian, you said after the game you wanted to, to wait to, to review Kayvon Pope and, and some of the, the details surrounding that incident. What ultimately made you want to go in the direction to dismiss him from the team? Yeah, I mean, there, there was an incident there that, um, you know, we addressed, and, you know, he's removed from the team. And so, you know, our focus right now is on Rutgers. Um, but, you know, there has to be consequences uh, for actions. And, and certainly, um, you know, for him, um, you know, his emotions got a little bit out of hand there, and uh, I thought he's done a good job of taking accountability, and we'll focus on moving forward. Second row left, Nathan Means, Cleveland.com. Nathan Barrett. <laughs> um, with the quarterback evaluation, how do you, at this stage of the season, I assume it's kind of going on all the time, but balancing that, the difference between who's better right now and who might be better in November, like how much... What is going on with that, and how do you assess that? Yeah, I mean, you just do it like you do every other position. You try to project the best you can based on what you see in practice, and then, um, 
you know what you're going to see in the game, and um, you do whatever you think is best to go well, win the game that week. Um, and so that's what we're doing. You know, you look every day at practice, and hopefully there's growth along the way. And um, so that's what we're going to do. I mean, we have three young guys that are, um, you know, doing this all for the first time. And so while that can be, um, you know, a challenge, it's also um, good because everything you're investing, you're hoping to get back in the future. Is it part of who you decide to start each week, who's going to be – who that helps more in November? Do you see what I'm asking there, or is it all just about who is the best quarterback for this next game? Yeah, I, I think that um, you know you always want to plan for the future, and it's it's not really you know about saying like you know what's exactly going on this week is you know what's your body of work going to be by the end of the season. Uh, second row right, Austin Ward, Letterman Row. Right, is the in game that I know this is a, a little bit of a hypothetical. Does the in game decision making change at all at quarterback? Before the first three weeks, Kyle had just never been on the field, so I don't. We probably didn't want to put him in that situation. Now that he's started, will that you know enter your thoughts on a game day if something CJ struggling or looks hurt or anything like that? Uh, not not any more than, than it was a couple weeks ago. You know, I think now it, it's great to have reps under our belt so that you know we know what we have. But um, I, I've said from the beginning, it's going to take all three guys to get through the season, and it's already week four, and all three guys have played so. Again, we'll we'll assess it this week and, and see you know how guys are feeling and go from there. When you look not just at your team, but Clemson or Oklahoma when they struggle, it seems to be a trend across college football. Do, do you think you can only talk about your own team, I guess? But how much of that is what everybody went through a year ago? Is it are we underestimating how significant that is for players? Um, I think you bring up a good point. I think that uh, for, for us certainly there's. Uh, been a little bit of a recalibration because um, coming off of last season, there was uh, a lot of missed play and, and missed reps. And so and you came into this season with a lot of guys competing for a lot of spots. And, um, you know, and, and the truth is, at the end of the day, um, you know, we have a lot of great guys in our program and a lot of guys who have worked really, really hard, um, you know, in our program. But at the end of the day, it comes down to how you perform. And, um, you know, I think we have a great group of guys who are working really, really hard, and they're going to continue to do that. And the more that they understand this is about our team and not just about them, um, I think is very, very important. I think there's been a lot of changes as well in college football in the last, certainly the last year, but in the last two to three years. That combined with everything that went on with COVID, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of dynamics at play here, you know, and, and we're very, very fortunate because we have such great guys here. Um, but but I think it's something that's definitely you know, you, you need to recognize. Yeah. Uh, fourth row right, Rob Oliver, Columbus Dispatch. Not so much about young guys, so many young guys, and we've talked a lot about performance on the field. Can you take the take the temperature of the leadership issue of this team? Is it where you want it to be? Do you need older guys to step up? And the challenge of when there's so many young guys, is there a void, leadership void? Well, I think that when you actually get out there and play and do the things that you know um, you're expecting yourself to do, um, you know you're you feel more empowered to take more of a leadership role. Uh, I still think we do have some really good guys who maybe haven't uh, had as much of an impact on the field as they would have liked, uh, who have had great leadership. But I think that when you're on the field and you're playing games, you know if, if you if you put it on the field, then I think that you feel again a little bit stronger about taking that step forward in leadership. So it's it's evolving. Um, you know, again, we do have some really good guys who have shown good leadership, but 
um, you know, as we're settling into these roles, I think that's, you know, kind of evolving over these past couple of weeks. Another thing I would think would be a challenge is quarterback's the most important position. Uh, you've got freshmen and true freshmen here. In terms of, again, the leadership issue, is it a challenge to get older guys to rally around somebody who's 18 years old? I mean, in your experience, how do you, how do you navigate that? Well, I think that uh, in the, in the, the perfect order of things, your older guys are the ones who who are the leaders, who are the ones who are playing, and and sometimes when you have younger guys come in, that that does change the dynamic a little bit. Um, but that's that's football, and that's every team has its own different journey along the way, and um, and, and I think this year that we're experiencing some of that, like you're saying. Yeah. Uh, further on right, Tom Moore, Buckeye School. Brian, when you are making an evaluation on the fourth down. Go for it, punt, kick, whatever. What factors into that decision for you? Game state, quality of opponent, all that kind of stuff. How much? How much does the quality of opponent change what you might do in that kind of situation? Yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into that, and certainly have studied all the analytics that go with that. Um, Certainly when I was in the NFL and now in college, but um, there's so many things that come into play, like where you are in the game, where you are field position wise. Does it make sense to punt and just gain, you know, 15, 20 yards? Or, or you know, uh, if you get touchback, are the three points really worth it in that moment? Or do you feel like it's, it's a higher-scoring game and you gotta, you got to get a touchdown? But I think the other part that's important is do you have a good play? You know, it's one thing to go for it. It's another thing to know you have a good play in that moment. You know, it's fourth and two on, you know, the, the plus 35-yard line, and, you know, you feel really confident this, this play is going to work, or man, I don't have much here, we're going to punt. You know, and I think that all those things come into play for sure. There are companies that do, you know, pro, you know professional analytics, like championship analytics, for example, producers like binders for schools. Do you guys have a source for that kind of stuff? Is that stuff you produce internally? Is that, you know, how do you generate those? Decisions? Yeah, we, we study that internally here for sure. And, um, and, I, and I think that, you know, you look at those numbers and you look at the statistics, but there's so many different variables at play when, when, you're, when you're talking about situations like that. Um, I do think, you know, when you're in the NFL where everybody's pretty much equal and everybody has the same set of, um, you know, situation, then that's one thing. But I think in college, there's just a lot of different dynamics. The conferences, um, you know, the situations are are just very, very different. And um, I I think so much of it has to do with, you know, your team, you know, how how you think the game is going and feel. But there's also sometimes you've got to look at the numbers on it to say when is it worth punting, when is it worth going for it. Fourth row middle, uh, Pat Murphy, 24-7 sports. Ryan, we've seen Travion seems to establish himself as the starter running back. What would be the ideal carries for him, You know, assuming a, a normal game and not one like this past Saturday where you get up big and can get some other guys in the game? What do you kind of want the balance to be with your running back? Yeah, usually right, you know, right, we want to be balanced for sure, and we want to make sure that you know, run pass is, is pretty equal, but uh, yeah, right in the 20, 20 carry range is usually pretty good. Um, but we do have a lot of depth there too, so we feel like we can play some depth and keep him fresh. He still is young, but but somewhere in that that area is usually pretty good. And we saw Master and Mayan. We didn't see Mayan two weeks ago. You mentioned he was mispracticed. The balance between those two is that a week to week thing? Who who comes in in certain situations, or or are those guys kind of set in a in a certain structure? I don't know if it's set. You know, um, I, I think that uh, Master ran hard last week. I thought he did some really good things, and, and he continues to uh, to build on that. You know, this is a guy who, you know, could have got frustrated, you know, along the way, but hasn't, has just kept working. And I've been very, very impressed with that, and, and he's playing good football right now.
and, and he deserves to run. And, and Mayan, you know, um, is you know practicing a little bit better now, and he's he's working through some things. But um, you know, we'll continue to work on those guys. But you can see both of them have the ability to do it, and um, it'll a little be a little bit week to week, but. I think that Masters has asserted himself here the last couple of weeks. And just real quick, we saw Evan late in the game scored the touchdown. Getting him out on the field, I don't know what he figures to be this year. Maybe that, though, could be important for his future. Yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, Evan has a lot of talent. I think that, um, you know, this year is going to be very, very important for him to grow and build. But uh, one thing that, you know, I think Evan's done a really good job of is not trying to compare himself to anybody else. And I think some sometimes in this world with, you know, uh, you know, people who surround them with family, with people's friends, with, with social media, it's easy to do that. Say, well, you know, why aren't you doing this? Or, you know, compare yourself to somebody else. And that's not really a recipe for success. You know, the recipe for success is focusing on yourself and just getting better and having a long-term approach. And I think Evan's done a very, very good job of that. And uh, I think you're going to see a really good player here in the future. Go to the far right, Tony Gertman, Buckeye School. Brian, you mentioned players finding their roles. Are you seeing that in the secondary as well as with the length of runs and moving back and then okay with Martinez moves in? Are you seeing that? Are you happy with what you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we have a bigger challenge this week, but I think you're starting to see guys make plays. I think you're seeing, um, you know, Denzel kind of, you know, settle into a role here. You're seeing Ronnie Hickman settle into a role. Uh, we have moved Lathan around a little bit, so he's, he's working through that. Uh, Cam's made some plays. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of looking to really solidify those roles, but uh, it is still good to have some depth there and roll some guys, but uh, you can see certainly uh, there's not as much rolling as there was the first couple of weeks. And then, uh, you and any update on Harry Miller? Yep. So Harry, um, you know, he's been dealing with with some health issues, and um, he's gonna, um, you know, come back this week and be part of the team, which we're all excited about, and get back to work. Second row right, Tim May, let him in row. Right, he probably went to bed about two two thirty on Sunday morning. Probably woke up about four. I'm thinking. Uh, didn't five. sleep, but that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what was the thought? What were the thoughts that were that were keeping you up? Was it dealing with the kid on Pope situation? Was it uh, hey, I've got a quarterback deal here. Is my number one quarterback going to be ready this week? Hey, Rutgers looks a lot better than it did three years ago. Uh, the Big Ten East looks a lot better than it did uh, two months ago. Just kind of go through that litany and how you sure. compartmentalize and think on different things at different times. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why, you know, it's hard to sleep because your mind races and all those things go through your mind. Um, but specifically, yeah, to share my thoughts after the game, I was um, very, very excited about just the energy after the first drive. I, I just thought we played harder. I thought we had energy on the sideline. I thought the guys played and had fun um, across the board. I just thought you just felt that on the sideline. And then certainly, you know, the incident that happened just, it, it was, um, it, it bothered me. Uh, and uh, so I had a hard time sleeping that night. But uh, but looking back on the team, you know, there was just so many good things there. So it was like kind of this back and forth. And then obviously, you know, you know you're getting back into the conference and all that comes with this week. And uh, DeJuan Jones seems to be playing not just competently and competently, but almost with a joy out there. Do you see that in him too when you watch video? And just is this – are you still a little bit surprised the way this guy has come along, I guess? Well, I, I think uh, he's played well. He certainly has his best football ahead of him, and he still has a lot of work to do. But um, the energy that that he's bringing, uh, seeing him run down the field and all those type of things, it's contagious. He likes playing the game, and uh, and that's what I'm talking about. Those type of steps that we're taking right now are huge, and um, now he's got to continue to build on that. Again, bigger challenge this week, 
Um, and but when he's on and he's doing you know things the right way and using really good discipline and he's preparing at a high level, which I thought he had a really good week of preparation last week, much better than the week before. All of a sudden, he started to play better. Um, he's going to have to do it again this week. Bigger challenge. Uh, over here, far right, uh, second row, play hall, WSYX. Uh, outside these walls, uh, you're probably here, but did you see Justin Fields getting sacked nine times, and what did it prompt him? Yeah, no, I, I didn't see it. All I, all I did was read and hear about it, and um, so I'm not sure exactly, you know, how that shook. Not, not a great start, but um, you know, there's there's a lot of young quarterbacks that haven't had great starts. And you think about Peyton Manning's rookie season and everything he went through there, and um, the hardest the hardest thing in that league is just being able to pull yourself off the canvas and continue to work through. You know, he and I talked about that after the Northwestern game. That you know, when you go to the NFL, you're going to have several days just like this, just days you wake up and you got to go figure it out again. And, and I think what, what survives in that league is the, the resilience of young quarterbacks to continue to f- identify what went wrong and get better and fix it. And so uh, I, one thing I know about him is he's competitively tough and he'll fix the problems and he'll be back. Did you text him at all? Or I haven't had a chance to talk to him, no. no. Uh, uh, deep back right, uh, Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Row. Brian, with your offensive line, you guys have had Thayer out now for a little little bit. It seems like you guys are starting to develop some chemistry there. How are you going to balance when he's ready to come back with, you know, keeping that chemistry but also making sure that your best five are on the field? Yeah, I mean, um, the good news is we've, we've built some depth there, so we have the ability to, to roll some guys, but we'll take into consideration that chemistry, like you're saying. And, um, you know, it, it kind of works itself out more times than not where, you know, someone gets banged up or whatever and you have to get another guy in there. And, um, you know, the offensive line is not someone that, you know, typically that you roll positions and roll guys in and out. But, um, you know, we'll talk to we'll talk to the O-line this week and have Stud look at it and see if that's appropriate this week. And if it is, we'll do it. And then at linebacker, when, when you have a couple guys that are veterans leading the team, but you have these young guys emerging, do you start to see a little bit of I don't know, a culture shift in the room? And, and I'm not saying it's like addition by subtraction, but is it almost like a little healthy to see that culture shift to the guys who are starting to produce? Um, I think every year is a new dynamic, and uh, we lost a lot of um, strong leadership in that room. And so this year uh, it's different. And you know, anytime you lose four players from one position group like that who have such a strong presence and so much production – uh, it's going to be bumpy, and um, I, I think they're starting to, to forge that um, you know new identity a little bit. But you know, it has been a work in progress this year for sure. Over here to the far right, Don Barry, WPSD. Ryan, you look at Rutgers. How big of a challenge, and how about the, the Greg Schiano factor? Yeah. I think he's done a very, very good job, um, you know, in these past two years of getting his team ready and uh, does a good job coaching in all three phases. Uh, it is a challenge going on the road. And, um, you know, I think you see what he, what, see what he did last year, you know, uh, certainly, um, you know, playing some really good football. And then last week, you know, took, took you know, up north all the way to the, to the fourth quarter, uh, played excellent defense in the fourth quarter, um, has the guys believing and playing hard. So, I mean, it's going to be a Big Ten conference, you know, road game that we got to do a really good job and, um, you know, get on the road and handle the environment. It'll be a good environment there. He'll have them rocking. And um, so uh, need a great week of preparation.
the youth movement on this team is well documented. With that said, do you feel like your defense has turned a corner, or do you really like what you're seeing now? I think we've made some strides, and I think this week will be another big test for us. But um, like, I think you just overall see us changing some things up, playing with great aggression. Um, but again, you know, we'll know that more here in a couple of weeks and figure out where we're at. You know, we got a big challenge this week, and, and as it continues to grow, you know, I don't think that the answer's um, here yet. You know, we gotta we gotta see where we're at in this thing. It's week to week, and be on the brink week to week. It's not, you know, just you know, you do a good job one week and then move on. And um, again, it's 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 going to be a whole different game this week, whole different challenge. Second row left, Doug Lamarie, Cleveland.com. <clears throat> Ryan, I just want to ask about Paris Johnson. It's like big time guy, big time recruit, moved inside. I feel like we haven't talked about him much. How's he? Maybe just because he's doing his job every week. I don't know. How's he played so far? I, I think anytime uh, when you don't notice a guard, then he's doing a heck of a job. Um, I think his approach has been excellent. Uh, he's learning the position. It, it's not easy in there. And I think that's something that probably got glossed over was, you know, Luke Whippler, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, Nick gets moved to left, Thayer goes inside. I mean, it's five guys doing something new for the first time. And um, while they practice together, against our defense, you know, there's a style there, there's a four-down scheme, kind of the same thing over and over again. Now you see different patterns, different styles, different spacings, and then coming over to the sideline and making the adjustments, um, and then certainly not having stud here for those couple weeks. I mean, that was that was a bumpy time for those guys, and I give them a lot of credit. They've stuck together. I think the offensive line of room, um, their culture, their energy, their dedication, their buying is off the charts, and I give stud a lot of credit for that, for maintaining that during this time. Um, but, but Paris is one of those guys that's a major contributor to that. You've mentioned a couple times this season, as we see maybe guys playing time change from week to week, you said, well, they practice better, right. and that affected it. We know that's how it always is, right? The better you practice, the more opportunities you get. But are you tying that together any more this year than in past years? I mean, it feels like you guys aren't afraid to say, hey, well, just because this guy got 40 snaps last week, maybe he'll get five this week because – Somebody else had a better week of practice. How's that working out? Well, I, I, I think it's working out, and I think we're, we're, we're getting better. But I also think, to your point, you know, there, there were so many guys with such little experience and such few snaps that it's like, you know, you, you're trying to figure out what, what is the best moving forward, and you want to give guys opportunities to play. But at the end of the day, they have to perform. And so what do you go on? You go on their performance in a game, and then you try to project the best you can based on what you see in practice. And when you have so many guys who have such little experience, there's there's some projecting that goes on there. And all you can do is go on what you see. And, and I think we could ask you 50 questions about fourth down decision making because it's going to be so fascinating. Sometimes in a world where it feels like you need sevens to win games these days, threes aren't going to win you many games anymore. Can a punt in the right situation be more aggressive than a long field goal? If you think oh, we're going to punt them down, Pin them inside the five, stop them, get it back, and try for another set. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's you know the whole idea of the plan to win and playing the field position game is exactly what you just said. Um, but you have to you have to execute it, and then you actually have to stop them, and then you have to get the ball back. You know, I mean, those are the things you, you consider when you're making those decisions. Yeah. Uh, deep yeah. left, Brendan Gulick, Buckeyes now, Sports Illustrated. Hey, Coach, I uh, I want to know from a, a position group perspective. You've got four games under your belt now. Where you were going into week one, where you are after week four. Which group has made the most progress? 
Um, think about that for a sec. Since since week one, yes. um, I, I'd probably say the the defensive backs and probably the offensive line. I'd say. Um, I guess you could say the running backs because the way Trey's run. Um, you know, but but there's been progress across the board, but but those probably stick out. I think we're going to have a chance to talk to Haskell Garrett. There's probably nobody on your team that's been through, you know, as much as he's been through in the last two years, at least not that we know of. He, he seems to have this lightness about him. He's holding hands with his nephews coming off the field. He's playing, having fun, had a huge game last week. What's been the most enjoyable thing that you've been able to witness watching him grow and everything he's gone through? Well, I just think, uh, again, you know, we all know it's well documented what happened to him and then him being able to respond the way he did. Um, I think that was kind of a crossroads for him. And um, and that was huge for him as a person. Um, the football player is the football player. But um, I think that he's really changed as a person um, just in a lot of ways. Um, and because of that, he's going to be a great dad. He's going to be, a, you know, a really good husband and. Um, you know, he's going to be successful whatever he does after football. Hopefully that's after a long career in the NFL, but uh, that's probably what I'm most proud of. Uh, second row right, Bill Rubinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, you probably can't answer this with any certainty until you go through practice, but what's your level of confidence that CJ's shoulder will be good enough for him to start? And can you give any details on what the shoulder issue is? Yeah, I really can't do that. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic. That um, coming off of um, you know Sunday's practice and the feedback that I've got from the trainers and our medical staff and from CJ that we're ready to move forward this week. Um, how did Kyle fight? I know that you've watched him in detail. He was um, inconsistent, um, you know, with, with some of his reads. I, I thought that uh, early on he was a little nervous. Um, uh, he did make some nice throws when he saw it, and um, I thought there was some really uh, good plays in there. Um, but there was also some that, you know, um, you know, he kind of got away with. And, you know, we just got to do a great job of recognizing, you know, what the, the, the pre-snap movement keys are, the post-snap movement keys are, and just trust our eyes. But when you're you know, starting for the first time, um, there's a lot going on. And I think the next time he's in that moment, he'll be a little more settled. I know you don't want to belabor what happened with Kayvon, but what exactly happened? There's, I didn't actually see it, but I, I guess it came on the field and went off. Can you explain what happened? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not get into all that right now. I kind of just want to move forward. Fourth row left, Bill Landis, The Athletic. <laughs> Ryan, were, were you at all open to the idea that Kyle could have played so well that he just sort of took the job and, and ran with it moving forward? And, how does the fact that, you know, he wasn't quite that, also wasn't terrible, was kind of right down the middle. Right. How does that, I don't know, complicate your evaluation and decision of that position moving forward? Uh, not right now. I mean, we'll continue to build and grow, and it was good to get snaps um, under his belt. And same thing with Jack. You know, I think it was good for both of those guys as we move forward and just see what, what comes this next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, I, I, Kyle, for the most part, and so it's same thing with Jack, you know, they, they pretty much played the way that they, pra they practiced. And so, but I think now it gives him a little bit more of a reference point moving forward of, okay, this is maybe how it looks in practice, but this is the reality of the game. And you, you've mentioned a couple times here, no, there's there's first and second year guys who are playing in place of probably third, fourth, and fifth year guys who maybe anticipated a different role for them. Um, I know that could be complicated to manage at times. So it's just like, how has that impacted the vibe of the team at all, if, if in any way? Well, I think it's, it's what we were talking about before is just, 
you know, you, you kind of count on maybe some of the older guys who are playing to be the strong leaders, the guys that you're counting on in the field to be the voice. And, you know, when some of those guys are still trying to get those reps under their belt and, and find their role and find their identity, then, you know, it, excuse me, it makes for, you know, sometimes a dynamic that, you know, is an idea, but but the, the, the idea is that as we move forward and we start to fill those roles, we have some guys who have really good leadership skills, and I think they're going to really embrace those, and you're starting to see that already. I thought last week some guys stepped up and spoke in front of the team, three different guys and three different moments, and the message was right on point. And so we're getting there, but um, but it is a work in progress for sure. Yeah, it was um, right after the game. It was Garrett Wilson in the locker room. It was Xavier Johnson um, in, in front of the team before one of the um, practices, and it was Jerron Cage uh, after a Thursday practice. And um, and the messages were great. You know, uh, Garrett's message was that you know this what is our standard? You know, we have to create the standard here. It's not about um, just winning and losing. And that was last week. And then Xavier Johnson talked about that every rep matters. You know, we can't let reps get away from us, which is something that we learned from Pete Warner the year before. And then Jerron Cage was just talking about how we hadn't quite played a, a whole game nine units strong and that we weren't quite there yet. And let's, let's, let's bring this thing together. So when you start to hear those things from your, from your players and from your teammates, then, then you know you're starting to get there. And um, I think that's all part of this process and this building process as we go into, I guess, the, the middle part of the season. Time. Just a few more. Uh, back row left, uh, Mark Snyder, press pros. Hey, Ryan, uh, everybody kind of knew that when Coach Gianna went back to Rutgers, they, they would have a chance to turn this around. And going in that first half, it could have been 24-3 to and then made your score. I'm sure most people thought that. What What is happening? Because as coaches, you see the film and you can see body language. Just how they go. I'm not talking scheme, just about how they carry themselves. What is happening there? I mean, I'm not there, so I don't know, but I know that they've been very competitive and they they played with great effort and, um, you know, they're executing what they've been asked to ex- execute and, and with, with execution f- fuels emotion and, you know, it sounds and seems like, you know, they're buying into to, to what Greg is, you know, um, preaching to them. With regard to the offensive line, we, we were going to practice and all of a sudden we saw them bodies at different positions when did that start? I mean, it, it's just a lot of people would call it like weird science that you would take something that's been successful and then taking that chance uh, to have people accept it and, and buy into it and, and actually have it work. You talk about having so many guys in? You know, having, changing your offensive line when you did. Oh, well, the idea is that you try to find, you know, the best five. And, you know, that that means we had to move some pieces around. And, you know, I think that, you know, we have kind of a best six right now. You know, Matt is, is proven that he can play with those guys, and that, that's been great. Um, but that's, that's again, when you talk about the culture of that room, you know, Thayer Mumford is one of the more unselfish players I've ever been around. That's why he's our Block O uh, recipient. You know, that's why he's a captain. You know, he went and said, no, what, what's better for the team is that I moved to guard. Now, it certainly is going to – pay huge dividends for him down the road because I think a lot of clubs will be able to see him play multiple positions. He's already proven himself at tackle. Now he's proven he can play guard. But, you know, the easy thing for him to say is, well, I'm not moving. But he didn't do that. He put the Buckeyes first. He put the team first. And that goes to speak on the culture of that room and how impressed I've been with the unselfishness of that entire room. And to your point, that allowed us to put the best five in the field. Right in front of Mark. Uh, Buckeyes, Schwartzfeld. 
Is there a reason behind that attrition that you can see and how you go about covering the loss of or that a lot of your senior class? Yeah, I think when you look around the country, it's it's similar, if not you know worse at other places than here. I think for the most part, you know, we've done a, a really good job in that area. Um, but as we're getting into the season, we're seeing some roles fall into place. Um, that's where you're seeing some of that. And uh, I've never been one to run guys off off the team. Um, you know, I guess there's, there's situations I probably could have done that um, in the spring or the preseason. But but that's not the way we do things here. We care about our guys and. And so um, I think, again, it's more a product of um, the situation in college football right now where there's one-time transfer, there's uh, name, image, likeness. They can you know, play for the first four games and decide to walk out with really no penalty and they get the redshirt year back. Um, I think those are all the dynamics of play. And I think when you look at our guys, you know, we're, we're better than most. And I think that speaks to our culture. I think also seven scholarship linebackers, one of them is Hurt and Mitchell, one of which is Rebecca, one of them got here in July. Um, have you looked at all into moving anybody into that room like Tate Stover in high school? Is that something you think? I mean, I think we're okay right now. We also have, um, you know, Kate Kaczerski and Ryan Batch, who um, both play special teams for us and do a good job. And um, and so, you know, I think we're okay right now. But if, yeah, if, if something disastrous were to happen, we'd have to look into that. But that's where, you know, Steele made the move over there and was very impressed with, with how he's done that. We added EA to there. So, again, you know, as of right now, I think we're okay. But, yeah, I mean, if, if we were to take a, a bunch of hits there, we'd have to come up with a plan. Uh, third row left, Steve Hellwagen, 24th Island Sports. Yeah, Coach, in recent weeks you've had a few more guys on the uh, availability report. Uh, Munford, you said, was not a long-term thing. He's missed a couple games now. Are you hoping to be closer to all hands on deck for Big Ten play because you're missing three veterans there with Vincent, Gene Baptiste, and uh, Tyreek Smith yeah. on your defensive front? I know you don't want to talk about specifics, sure. but in general, are you going to be closer to full – I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to get some of those guys back for sure. But uh, you know, some of them are you know linger a little bit. There's not much you can do about that. We want to make sure the guys are safe. But at the end of the day, that's that's not my decision to make. That's that's the medical staff. But yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm optimistic that we'll get those guys back for this game. And just like Yuka, uh, the play he made, um, taking 20 yard pass and turning it into 85. Just uh, is this a guy that needs more touches? I get it, and I know that's hard because you've got so many other guys, but is this a guy that's earned maybe some more opportunities, I guess? Uh, I can't say enough about how impressed I've been with his approach every day. Um, he, he works really, really hard. He's tough. He plays special teams. Um, he takes his job very serious. Um, he, he's got a chance to be an excellent leader. Uh, I think the future is extremely bright for Emeka, and, and I couldn't be uh, happier with what, what he's done so far, his approach, his maturity level. Um, and so, you know, it's a, that's a tough room it's a, it's a, right now. To, you know, it's the breakthrough, but you don't hear a word from him. And this is a guy who's highly recruited, and, um, you know, he's only going to get better. And, the, you know, the more opportunities we can give him, we will when, when, when appropriate. But, um, but again, the, the future is extremely bright for him, especially as he just keeps working hard and putting days together on, on top of days with no expectations. And uh, you can see what he's capable of. And final question is over here. The new guy from Channel 10 is Adam. Uh, Coach, kind of going off of what you just said, Chris Olave with just two catches in the last two games. Do you have to make a more concerted effort to get him the ball, or is it just sometimes a Garrett game? Yeah, it, it kind of is. And, and when you only play a half of football, it, it gets harder. 
And um, there's just certain certain times where you know you 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 design plays for certain guys that that comes up. But a lot of times when you design a play and you're one of the top receivers in the country, you know they're going to put two guys on them or back them way up and run them out of there, and the ball's going to come somewhere else. You know, and, and certainly we want to get those guys as many touches as we possibly can. But um, there's just games where that doesn't happen, and it's it's a tribute to obviously his talent level. And, Guys know where he is at all times, you know, whether it's seeing where he is and, and, and doubling, doubling him or just really, you know, backing up so that they can't, you know, take a shot downfield as, as they know he's very, very good at that. Um, but, again, I, I, I can't say enough about his approach, too. And, you know, he hasn't let any of that stuff bother him. He's been a good leader in this, this time, and he's really helped that, that wide receiver unit get stronger. So um, he's got a lot of catches ahead of him. Coach, thank you very much.